When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He was the unforgettable strongman who captained the greatest club. John Sattler was chaired from the grand final arena four times as a winner. People say to me, what's the most magnificent feeling in your life in rugby league? And they said, when you played for Australia, and I must say it was marvellous being chosen to play for Australia, but that very first one in 67, the feeling that we got after that game, can't explain it. He, he, he is our Sydney. He means everything. And you now he, he was our, our leader, our hero, and the legend. You know, and he, he will never ever be forgotten. Always find the word tough. Often it's the toughest gets used. The toughest player to play this great game. All the thousands of players that have played it. Sattler gets mentioned in that context. This man, this imposing force on the rugby league field, and the absolute gentleman offered. Well, he was the toughest man on the field when, whenever he played. Uh, and he was also a very great leader uh, as captain. And he, when he played big games, it was, uh, it was great to have John Sattler leading you out. Scouts were looking good, leading 12 points to 6 at half-time. But there was plenty of concern in the South dressing room over Sattler's smashed jaw. His long-time compatriot up front, John O'Neill. I said to him, I said, uh, what's wrong? And, this part of his jaw was dropped and these teeth level at the bottom of these teeth were split through the middle and split up here. And I said, oh, gee whiz, mate. I said, you broke your jaw, you better get off the field. He said, no, I'll be right. I said, no, come and get off. I said, you've got a broken jaw. I said, it's smashed. Anyway, he, he, uh, he stayed on. You couldn't get him off. And at half time, I thought, oh, well, it's, but there's no one in the world we can keep him down. That was a brilliant effort. It was a great effort. It was just a, just sheer uh, uh, toughness and guts. Another major triumph for the South Sydney Rabbitohs and for master coach Clive Churchill. And what a courageous performance by John Sampler, one that will never be erased in the minds of all ardent South followers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the tributes have not stopped flowing. Uh, it has been uh, so, so busy with respect for the great man, Gentleman John. And uh, the very first thing I did this week, when it got back to work, and um, I went up to uh, Jeremy, who sort of puts together the content, runs the show, and I said, Jeremy, what are we going to do with Sats away? He said, mate, Sats is going to be here. Sats wants to get on with things, and uh, he's here to celebrate his dad, uh, Scotty Sattler. Gentleman John Domeni, dad to you. Mm. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, Shug. Good, Shug. And uh, an AP and Alex Asile. And listeners, yeah, it's been a uh, tough, exhausting, yeah. emotional week. Um, and I said to you guys when I came in, when I'm around people, I'm, I'm pretty good because... You're making me cry. Yeah, yeah. telling yeah. stories about yeah. him, and it's it's good. It's it's cathartic to yeah. be quite honest. And yeah, you know, I went on, did our show Sports Day for a segment on Tuesday night, and I did that for a reason. I just wanted to start talking about him. Wanted to, I got sick of crying yeah. for 24 hours, um, and so I want to start talking about him and, and telling stories. And and it has been an exhausting week. And I, I did say to Jeremy when he said, "I oh, listen, you know." See you next week. Don't worry about, you know, do it whenever you got to do it. And I said, no, no, I'll be down this Saturday. I want to do a few hours just to to talk about him when we have to, tell some funny stories. Yeah. When I'm by myself, it's 
it's really emotional. Coming down to the plane when you don't know anyone, you're just sort of sitting among strangers. It was it was quite surreal. But um, South Sydney, Mark Ellison has been amazing. Blake Solly and Jace Demetrio. They've asked myself and the family to go to the game tonight against Manly and um, just to celebrate Dad's life. And yeah, it's it's. it's I'm sort of glad that he's that he's at peace because he we we lost him when it came to how animated and how physical he was in his life probably about three or four years ago. Mm. Um, didn't lose him when it came to his awareness of his family that until probably the weekend just gone when he passed on the Monday. So, um, so but I, I I didn't like looking the way he was. No, he was humiliated for a man that was. So beautifully and impeccably dressed every time you saw him, and yeah, he would have been, he would have been appalled with the way that that he was, you yeah, know, sitting in an aged care facility and and yeah, not not the same person. So I'm sort of in a way glad that he's at peace, um, and now we can start. When you talk to people in the street and they say, "How's your dad going?" Yeah, oh, he's not great. He's got dementia, and you know what a what you know what it whatever it may be. But now when I say, listen, sorry to hear about your dad. Oh, I remember I met him one day yeah. and he can start talking about the good times. And there's, there's been a lot of really good stories this week. Things that I, that I learned about him that I didn't know, uh, photos that I've seen of him that I thought I'd seen every photo of my dad's career. Um, so, uh, it's been a really tough week, mate, but, um, all your support guys has been much appreciated and the listeners as well have sent some, some great messages as well. So, <coughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a big week. Uh, the funeral's next Friday on the Gold Coast, which is an open funeral. Yep. Um, and and so it's so it's I think it's going to be a pretty big turnout to be quite honest. Oh. So, but it's 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 really good talking about him and hearing those you know, those those great tributes throughout the week and the tribute that that Alex just played. Then it's um, you know, the the great thing about it is that I loved him as a dad. I had a, I had a great relationship with my dad. Yeah. We had a really good father son relationship. But the amount of people that have that have said to me, "Oh, you remember I stopped your dad one day. He was in the airport and he was in a rush, but he stopped. He took a photo. He asked me about myself. He, um, you know, he signed my my son on my daughter's shirt or jersey, mm. and mm. he's just such a wonderful man. Yeah, and he, he did. He touched so many people off the field. He was he was such a gentleman off the field. He's such a so chivalrous and yeah, yeah a tremendous guy. I, I said this on air sats, but I haven't said it to you personally, and the reverence that I have for you and, and I've got a great relationship with my dad as well. And I should say that, uh, love him dearly, uh, but I just would see how you would speak about your dad. And clearly if a kid's speaking about their dad, so lavish, it's coming back the other way. And I know it's very sad that you've lost him, but you're so lucky to have had him, you know, in that relationship for such a long time. And, and to be honest with you, mate, I, I, as a mate, that's all a parent and a dad can ask for is if we can achieve something similar to what mm. your old man and the connection that you had and, you know, so, so well done on what you had with your dad. It's very, very sad what you've lost. And it's just amazing that the scale of this whole thing, you know, like I know you're living up on the Gold Coast, but the Sydney papers and this is where we bring in Adrian Prezenko, who has the news background, you know, front and back pages dominating. Yep. And, and, and this is not a bloke who retired yesterday. Yeah. This is a bloke who's been out of the game, in all sincerity, a long, long time. Yeah. But still, it's garnered such a massive tsunami of support from the fans. And, and I'll tell you this, Sats, I'm sure you've you've had 
a lot of personal messages. I'm sure you've read a lot of the articles and watched many of the news stories. But I'm down there in, in Carring Bar, which your dad was never playing for the Sharks. And the opposing team's parents are having a conversation and they're saying, oh, sad news about John Sattler this week. They're not even speaking to me knowing that we would have some connection there. On their own accord, days later at a local suburban footy ground. So the many, many conversations that you're, you've got no idea about, you know, like all the scale of the press and, but the many, many conversations out there celebrating your great dad. Um, Adrian Brzezinko, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon and Sats, our, our condolences. And look, it's it's been a wonderful celebration and it's incredible the outpouring of love. And like this, you know, the, the grand final that everyone talks about has happened before I was born and yet everyone knows about it. And it t- speaks to just the, the history of the game and how it's celebrated. And it's like the, the old gladiators photo. No, most of us weren't alive when that yeah. happened. Like A lot of us weren't alive when... When, when, you know, your dad was doing those incredible things on and off the field. And it's interesting too, in that you talked about him being a gentleman and chivalrous and all that. And it's that sort of dual persona, isn't it? In that he could cross the line and be the hardest man on the field. And when he, when he was off it, he'd be, he'd be talking to grandmothers. He'd, he'd have a drink with anyone, you know, anyone. He'd talk to everyone. He'd always sign autographs and have time for everyone. It's just incredible that you've got those two aspects of his personality that, that come together so beautifully. Yeah, Bobby McCarthy explains it the best. He always used to say, he play, he looked like the choir boy, but he played like the devil. <laughs> and he said, I would see this guy who was our amazing leader, amazing yeah. captain, he, and he protected his teammates. If anyone did anything to his halfback or his hooker, especially Elwyn Walters, who was his favourite, one of his favourite teammates, he said, um, he said, if anything did anyone to any of his players, he always did everything he could to get the other person back and he said I'd seen him do some terrible things to players on fields and then he said then all of a sudden after the game after he'd taken his mouth guard out of his mouth and the switch had turned back to the other side he'd be in the because he had a beautiful singing voice my dad yeah he'd be in this shower singing the, whatever the songs were around at that time and we'd walk out of Redfern Oval and I'd see him helping an old lady across Chalmers Street into the Leagues Club he said it was he said I just thought I don't know if this guy is tough crazy or mad, then I just realised it was all three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to show you something. I'm not being rude on the phone, but I want to show you something. And, and of course, our man Adrian Prezenko is from the Sydney Morning Herald. But something that I found, you know, really, really nice uh, came in the Daily Telegraph through Boo Bailey, right? And he posted this picture and it, there's almost no reference to your dad. But it's this picture here of a rabbit with a tear in its oh, eye. Oh, I haven't seen that. Have you not well, seen that? No. I'll send it to you. Oh, thank it, you. It, it's a, a rabbit with a tear in its eye, and we all just know what it means. Mm, you know, yeah. like it just it was very, very powerful, Boo Bailey. Well done to you. Um, I, I will send that to you, Sats. But anyway, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. if you want to have your say. Ozito powering our show today, powering DIYs all day, every day at Bunnings and before you dig. Don't get blind. Search before you dig online every time. But... Some of the, the um, conversations, I know you can't stay across it all. You know, Tugger Coleman and, you know, geez, geez, he was very, very good early in the week and Vossi and Ronnie Coote and it, it's just been, ah, oh, you must be so proud, Sats. Yeah, across, you know, the thing that's really amazed me is that the current players who sometimes we're very critical of don't understand the history of the game. Mm. And there's been some current players like Dale Finucane, who I've never met Dale mm. and I've always had great admiration for. Uh, Cooper Cronk, who, you know, I know Dale, Cooper. Dale Finucane. And I got on really well with Coop. And wow. Coop, 
Coop was one of the first people to text me. It's Dad, cl- they're Dad, a class act, isn't it? That's Dad, classy. Both Melbourne players too. Yeah. You know, just, but, you know, Dale Finucane just reached out on Instagram and said, Dale, no, Dad said, Sats, I didn't know, I don't really know you and I only got, got to meet you once, your dad once very vaguely when I was a young fella yeah. at the Bulldogs. He said, but I just, just wanted to say, no matter how heartfelt I am. And Cooper's text message was amazing. Um, you know, current coaches like Anthony Seabold and Craig Fitzgibbon, Madge, who he just loved. He idol- he loves yeah, Madge. did he? Loves Madge and the Burgess boys. Those yeah. Burgess boys, they come from a tough town in Yorkshire, you know, and um, just, you know, all reaching out just to, you know, Ivan Cleary. It just, it's, it's amazed me how much from the different generations that, that, um, that know about his exploits. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it's been great. You know, like I said, I learned a lot of things about my dad. My dad played a lot of tour matches on the 67 Kangaroo Tour, but he's, I only learned today that his first test for Australia, he captained Australia. Yeah. So on debut, he captained Australia. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought, what? And then I learned the other day, I learned yesterday that he was on Janelli train, the train station one day, and he noticed a, a suitcase just sitting on the platform. And he walked out of the platform and then saw a guy laying on the, on the tracks. And he jumped down and picked the guy up and put him up on the platform and jumped back up on the platform. And the witnesses said it would have been, wouldn't have been any longer than 20 or 30 seconds later, mm-hmm. a train come flying through the station. I, I never knew this about. So somebody about passed out on the tracks. Yeah, someone fainted yeah. and passed out and fell onto the tracks. I, I never knew these things about him. But um, he, I tell you, at 80 years of age, he lived a really colourful life. Mm. Outside of rugby league, didn't start playing rugby league till he was sixteen. And it was only by coincidence and chance that he that he. What started. was he doing up until that point, sport wise? Nothing. Really, my dad was a real horseman. He used to ride trotters. Yeah, right. And in in his teenage years, in 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 around the, the Hunter Valley, and then his legs and ass got too big, and hmm. he was too heavy. And so, uh, his best mate Alan Williams was riding past on his bike one day, and Dad was always on his horse down the main street of Curry Curry, and his yeah. little his little. Blue catalogue patch used to always be following along it. He was 15 at 16 at this stage, and his mate Alan Williams said to him, Listen, we've got some guys that are out at the moment. Do you want to come down and just play a game of touch? He goes, Oh, yeah. So he just rode his horse. And he, <laughs> as, you, as you do. Yeah. And he, but they're taking Lexuses and things now, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And, he, yeah, yeah. and he, he roped his horse up to the fence and went out and threw this pigskin around. And, and he played that week, two weeks later, with Curry Curry under 16. Yeah, we are. And I think they went through and won the comp. And then three years later, he's playing against the the great touring, great British side, which, you know, wow. Vince Corrales and Billy Boston and these guys. Yeah, and he man. got me out of the match at lock. And he nearly became a bulldog. But South Sydney turned up on his doorstep hmm. New Year's Day, 1963. Did they? And he's still in bed from going to a, a dance. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Would have just, been well-dressed. Yeah, and he just <laughs> yeah. started seeing my mum. Yeah, right. And um and he signed he signed with South, yeah. It's yeah. it's amazing that you talk about like he's he was small enough to diminutive enough mm. to be riding horses. Yeah, people talk about how much of a hard man he was, but he wasn't in terms of stature, he wasn't a big butt. He wasn't like a bit like a Brad Thorne or a Petro Sivanaceva. Like he Like I always said to him, How much yeah. how much did you weigh, Dave, when yeah. you played and he never understood kilos, it was all stone. Yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, whatever stone, whatever. I said, what's that in kilos? He goes, I don't know. So I get on calculator, I divide it by 6.5. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and he played at about 97 kilos, 96 kilos yep. as a front rower. He originally was a lock and turned went, went up to the front row. He's because Bobby McCarthy and Ron Coote and Gary Stevens are all coming through. Mm. And um, 
And I said, who was the heaviest in your team? He said, oh, Bobby McCarthy was the heaviest, bigger than Lurch, he said, O'Neill. He said, Bobby Mack was probably about 103 kilos, yeah. but he ran like a winger. Well, mm. Everyone talks about, and rightly so, because it's unbelievable, the St. George Dragons run of 11 straight premierships. Mm. But what is often missed, it was flanked by four or five years either side of South Sydney winning premierships, yeah. which is your dad was part of one of those Jack uh, dynasties. Jack yeah. Bernie Purcell and Clive Churchill before that. That's right. Mm. That's right. Um, oh, mate, it's blown up, and, and so it should. And I hope the family's all going okay, mate. I know you had to deliver the news to your sister, Lisa, over there in, She's uh, in Canada. In Canada. Yeah. Um, but the, the support, mate, has not stopped. And as I said, everyone just wants to talk about the great late uh, Johnny Sattler, Gentleman John, and, of course, well, actually, interested in your thoughts that this would happen before a Manly South game. I know. I, I was raised as a child to hate Manly. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, you know, like he, the reason why he didn't like Manly is because won the 70 grand final. Uh, John Bucknell, he said it was a cheap shot. And I said, hang on a sec, Dad. You gave out plenty of cheap shots yeah, yourself. He said, yeah, shot. I know, I know. But at least I was looking at him in the eye. There's always an asterisk, isn't oh, there? Yeah, yeah. But, um, but because of Manly and... He didn't like Manly also because they stole Lurch and Brannigan. And, yep. and um, so when I was in 1998, when I was at the Gold Coast Chargers, I, was, I, had, I went down and looked at Penrith. Does, remember June 30 was still the time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So July 2nd or something, I flew down to Penrith and had a look at Penrith. And, and Dad said to me, oh, who's, who's interested? I said, well, the South, Manly and Penrith. I said, I'm not going to go to South. That's your jersey number 13 because oh, I played in it. I said, I'm never going to tarnish that, so I need to leave that to you. Yeah. He said, so it looks like it's Penrith, is it? I said, well, I haven't been to see Manly yet. He said, if you go and play for Manly, I'll never watch you play another game of rugby league. Wow. So <laughs> it made the call pretty easy. Did, did they ever smooth it out with John Bucknell? John Bucknell ended up joining a like a monastery. like a, It became a Buddhist or something. Wow. Yeah, in, in later, later in, in after his footy career. And, yeah. I don't think they ever. I don't think they ever came face to face. There would have never been any problems yeah. because, like I said, my dad served out plenty than he got. Yeah. Uh, that he got as well, and and he was always you know some of the great stories he used to always tell is that they play against the dragons and him and Chang uh, Langlands, who he said was the greatest player he's ever seen, still to the day that he died, and he said the closest thing to Chang was Billy Slater. Wow. And um and Chuck Raper, they were all really good mates. He said. He said it would just be a normal Sunday playing at the showground or, you know, the SFS when basically we would just go hammer and tong and then we'd all meet up after the game and go to Chinese together. Mm. You know, so everyone was fine back then. They still are today. There are that small percentage that obviously hold a grudge. But in saying that, he yeah, they all still got on really well together. It didn't matter what happened on the field. You know, he... Sorry, Shug. No, I was going to say, I, I hope tonight you get the chance. Me, me hairs on my legs and arms are standing up. They're going to be wearing this tribute jersey mm. with the half rabbit, which is – and often my hairs stand up on my arms when I'm telling a story that means <laughs> a lot to me, but now it's standing up on my legs. Yep. I can't talk. <laughs> yeah. um, I hope you get a chance to chat to Cameron Murray tonight with that number 13 jersey and that half rabbit. Mate, I, he's the captain of the team. It's a – can you just imagine how powerful that moment will be for Cameron Murray yeah. getting to put that jersey on? Uh, you know, Cameron Murray got named captain of South at 24, mm. jersey number 13. Uh, Dad got named captain at the age of 24, jersey number 13. Wow. 
Um, the half rabbit comes from 1970. He was very superstitious, my dad. Never let anyone touch his boots or, or um, clean his boots. And he always packed his own bag before a game. Always had a steak on the morning of the game because mm. his father-in-law worked at the abattoirs. And, and, um, he was probably ahead of his time there. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like a lot of people having the passes and that down the track, which he was doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and the jersey, the half the rabbit got ripped off earlier on in the season. And they, the club said, oh, well, listen, we'll take that. Because you used to wash your own jerseys back then. Right. You used to take all your stuff, yeah, stuff yeah, home yeah. and wash it. The old Ber- Bobby McCarthy tells a story when Bernie Purcell's mum used to put his jersey out in Redfern. All the kids used to sit underneath the clothesline and watch it dry in Redfern. Well, yeah. And um, no, no one would dare take it either, would they? No. <laughs> no. So um, they said, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get that, that rabbit fixed. And so when he broke, when they went through to the grand final, 1970, he broke his jaw. And they had a spare jersey as well, and they ripped half the rabbit off that. Did they? Just in case he had to use it. Wow. So um, the one that he broke his jaw in, in in 70, he didn't break his jaw. He had three fractures, like yeah. one under the underneath the the um, the earlobe and then two straight down either point of your jaw. Clean break straight through the middle of the teeth. And, um, and all the blood and everything all over it. And that's where the half rabbit comes from because – he was superstitious. He didn't want anyone to touch his jersey. Wow. Mm. wow. Uh, the tributes keep coming through too. Uh, Sats, good afternoon, fellas. Good to hear your voice, Sats. Uh, looking forward to when you're back on Sports Day. Uh, Maddie isn't handling the last laugh too well, <laughs> says Steve from Dubbo. Steve's always into me about my jokes. <laughs> yeah. uh, good afternoon, Worm, Sugar and AP. Why, why Worm, by the way? When I was at the, when I was at the CIA Gold Coast Chargers, whenever there was something on, Whatever it may be, I'd always worm my way into it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, Brendan, <laughs> Brendan Hurst and um, Jamie Goddard gave me the nickname Worm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, he's got a couple here, says uh, Rooster Mungrel. He said, boys, I'm keen on Melbourne race four, number two, the bopper. I like that as well, Rooster Mungrel. And uh, he likes race seven in Melbourne, number 18, Campionessa. Get on and fill your pockets. Kindest regards. Uh, we might take a quick call. And there's a stack coming through as well. Uh, on the open line. Big hugs to you, hugs to you Sats, from Brad the Owl, the great Brad, Brad the Owl. Let's go to the open line. Let's go to Marrickville, where Michael's been waiting. G'day, Mick. G'day, boys. How are you, Sats? Hey, Mick. God bless your dad, mate. God bless your dad, brother. Um, mate, as great as a man as he was and a father, I just wanted to say to you, mate, you're, you're a great son. Just listening to all those stories, it's what every father... Once from their child, mate, and I'm sure you did him proud in so many ways, mate. I just wanted to share that with you, buddy. God bless, mate. Thank you, champion. I really appreciate that. Really appreciate it. Um, nah, well yeah. said. Well said, Michael. Um, in fact, you know what? Couldn't have said it better. Let's take a break. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. This is Crunch Time on your Saturday. You make the show, remember, and uh, so many texts and calls coming through, which we do appreciate. This, this is Crunch Time. Adrian Prezenko, Scotty Sattler. I'm Joel Kane and the maestro driving the bus here.